This is the World Industrial News for Tuesday, October 11th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part 10 of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. Thank you so much, Mona. It's just invaluable insight as we you know, continue to peel this onion back and really understand what the next steps are. Um, Pat, what did we miss? Any, any final thoughts? Well, there's one I had that, and you sort of addressed it, but this is not a U.S. problem. This is a worldwide problem. We've seen uh, transmission grids in every continent of the world. We've seen wildfires, people trying to cope with wildfires. We've seen electric vehicles start to become more popular, not as popular perhaps in California, but popular, a very high growth rate, 60% growth rates. So this is a worldwide problem. And the it's, it's infrastructure. It's often very hard to justify infrastructure. How do you justify a freeway or a bridge or a sewer? They're all justified because of the effect that others will have by leveraging that infrastructure. And I want to point out just one project, and perhaps that'll put things in in perspective. A lot of our our friends in Europe are, and have been for some time, very much invested in sustainability, use of renewables, and those kinds of things. But to have solar collectors in an area where the sun doesn't shine, or the wind doesn't blow. It's really makes you feel good, but it doesn't work. You have to go to where the sources are. So the transmission problem we're faced in the US, in other places they face it in through multiple countries. There's a project in the Middle East called GCCIA, which is a new transmission line, a DC transmission line, which is one then designed for a lot of renewables and it goes from Saudi Arabia down through and across and up and into Spain and Turkey. Think about that line. Turkey and Spain is where you would connect into the European grid. This now looks as the same effect of 30 years ago when they built gas pipelines into an area. You become very highly dependent, redundancy is needed. And at the bottom line, You can't build a solar complex in an area where you can't do anything with the power. So these are very much an enabling uh, technology. And I'd like to point out, they're not standalone. There was a project done in Southern California. It's called PowerLink that was done by, by Sempra years ago. And what they did is they built a transmission line from our Mojave Desert into the San Diego area. And this all goes with the same idea that you can generate the power from solar, you can generate it from wind, and you can use it in the cities and urban areas and industrial areas. But those don't coexist. And so we have to get the power from one to the other. And those are good examples of how the combined technology of intelligence at the edge and new smart grid are gonna work together to make this basically a a better living environment. And just one, add at the end of this is that this is massive amounts of software. And I would remind everybody that software is very much a European and US driven project product. 
So it puts us into a tremendous competitive advantage that we have the software already doing many of these things. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pat. What fantastic discussion and insight. You know, I think we're just really scratching the surface here. So thank you both, Pat and Mona, for joining us. And we'll look forward to continuing this uh, discussion. I can't wait to see what the next topics are. Thanks again. Thank you, thank Megan. You. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. After roughly three decades of silence, the U.S. cobalt mining and processing market is roaring again. The skyrocketing demand for the mineral, which is crucial to the production of lithium-ion batteries, now has a tangible result. A domestic mine is producing cobalt. Industrial Info is tracking about $1.2 billion worth of active projects across the U.S. related to the mining and processing of cobalt and more than $1.1 billion worth related to its smelting or use in lithium-ion batteries. The price of oil is on pace for a major upward cycle following the OPEC Plus decision to trim production allotments, with several estimates pointing to Brent moving above $100 per barrel. Brent crude oil, the global benchmark for the price of oil, was trading at about $97 per barrel on Monday, and a trading session thinned a bit by a federal holiday in the United States. Brent jumped 11% during the first full trading week of of October after ending the prior month at $87.96 per barrel. Late 2021, supply-side pressures combined with pent-up demand to create some inflationary pressures. The substantial geopolitical risk premium that emerged after Russian military forces entered Ukraine in late February only compounded those pressures due to no small part to the spike in commodity prices that followed that invasion. Not only does the Biden administration's Inflation Reduction Act, which just passed in August, provide tax credits for renewable energy projects, but also for the manufacture and recycling of the components used in these projects, such as wind turbines and solar panels. The credits will kick off next year and vary by component, and whether the owner meets certain wage and apprenticeship requirements. It looks like the anticipated manufacturing credits may be doing some good and strengthening the base for renewables manufacturing in the U.S. Industrial Info is tracking more than $3 billion in active projects for the manufacturing of wind and solar power components, some of which can be directly attributed to the IRA's incentive. The owner of the UK's second largest steel maker, British Steel Limited, is requesting $570 million in financial aid from the UK government to help rescue the company. China's Jingyi Steel has had numerous meetings with Enterprise Minister Jacob Rees-Mogg over the past fortnight in an effort to keep the company afloat and save more than 4,000 jobs, according to separate reports from Sky News and the Financial Times. And and the world's leading fertilizer producer, Yara International and French energy company Angie, have agreed to push ahead with a green hydrogen project located in the Pilbara region of Western Australia. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck reporting for Industrial Info News.